What are you talking about? Yes, real. There we go. Oh, now I see it. Yeah. Oh, just popped up and it's recording. All right. All right. We live. Yeah. Yeah. So, bro, I was. Uh, what, what, what you been up to? Oh, shit. Excuse me. Man, I just been. I'm don't still be, working. Don't be chewing into the mic and shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I just ate, so now I got fruit. Uh, man, I've been working. You know, luckily I've still been working going in. My schedule's been a little different, so my sleep schedule's been off. But I've just been reading, watching TV, doing push-ups and sit-ups every day. Oh, you on that prison shit? I miss I miss sports. I mean, we have a weight bench in the basement, but I just I'd rather do body weight stuff. You know? Yeah, I feel you. I was looking at infomercials because I still have an Xfinity account and I saw the old school Chuck Norris jump. Remember that shit? Vaguely. And remember the body by Jake? Remember the total body? Like I was watching all those old school infomercials that sent me down a rabbit (laughs) hole on YouTube and then I ended up on the beach body jump and I found myself doing Insanity this morning to Sean T. Oh bro, I was thinking about hopping on the Insanity. I did it in college. That was a mistake for me, bro. I forgot. Yeah, I did it in college, too. That's what got me my six-pack for the first time. And now... I'm trying. Boy, too close to 30. Too close to 30. I say that like it's not my physical prime. But it just reminds me. I need to get like you. Eat more fruit. Get that vitamin C up in me. Dude, I just started eating fruit, but this is just blueberries and pineapples. But, I mean, that pineapple, I don't know about that with the, with the acidity. But the skin on blueberries, I mean, antioxidants, they say that's the best thing for you. But I yeah, those it, and pomegranates. Yeah, but keep your immune system strong with the vitamin C from the pineapples, because that's the only thing that's gonna combat this COVID, boy. COVID. I'm ready for the. I'm ready for this shit to be over, though, bro. It should be. The wave has totally subsided. If you look at places like Florida, Georgia, I heard Missouri got concerts going on now. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know about that yet, but. Now Missouri opened up for concerts. I no, no, it. I'm not saying I disagree with that. I'm with you saying that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I don't know. We just in a hot spot. D.C., Maryland, Governor Hogan trying to be real liberal. He he acting like a mini Gavin Newsom. I mean, I just think they trying to make sure that they have some CYA legislation in place so voters and citizens can't say it around election time, you didn't do enough. Oh, I'm kind of glad he's doing what he's doing, you know? Most definitely, to an extent. I mean, I think shutting down the government was a good step for about a month to get the numbers and see where things are. And I think, you know, at a certain point, you got to push things along. But if you're in a hot spot, like I said, I mean, I don't know about Maryland specifically. I know the numbers have gone down, but... Well, he said he's going to... Start reopening if the trend continues. Might might get a little reopening next week for some small businesses and stuff. So yeah, I know he was supposed to have an announcement on May fifteenth. That's the thing. He's making an announcement, but well, he announced yesterday. That's what I'm saying. Like okay, elective surgeries are able to happen again. Like tennis and fishing are able to happen again. And if the trend continues to next week, he was saying that like other small businesses are going to start to be opening and stuff, but it has to continue decreasing rather, you know. Well, they moved up the announcement then, and that's a good thing because I think the trend has been moving in a progressive direction. And at the end of the day, the numbers are going to continue to go up as far as cases because tests 
are going to be more available. And yeah. people are going to get the COVID. It's about having a strong immune system and being able to combat it. Or you're right. asymptomatic and you, you know, don't show symptoms. Yeah. All I know is that I got a furlough week in June. And uh, I'm going to go to the beach. This is like, hopefully, it's just open by then. Ocean City's open now, I thought. Well, so for locals, the inlet and the boardwalk are open. Okay. But it's technically for locals, but they're not policing it. So, like, the restaurants are still closed. Bars are still closed. It's just that, like, the inlet is open. The boardwalk is open. That's that's it. There's basically no reason to go out there unless you live there and just going out there to work out or something. Right. Like, but, you know, I'm going to go in June, like I said. Hopefully shit will be somewhat open then. That'll be sweet. Yeah. I figure. I mean, not everything, but some stuff hopefully will be. Yeah, I mean, I got a wedding in July in Texas. Texas is open for business. Yeah. Know, I, don't give a fuck. I mean, Texas is basically a whole nother country. It's still a republic. So they got their own set of laws. I don't even know if they shut down 100%. They might have been like Sweden. It's like, we got enough space where <laughs> we just not worried about it. Right. I'm just ready for sports to be back, man. Hey, we got UFC this weekend, baby. The realest yeah, sport man. available to watch. The only one that said, fuck it, we're going to put on the show. That's because Dana White is insane. Dana White is insane. And think about what fighting is, bro. Oh, yes. You think COVID is the most dangerous thing happening in the octagon on Saturday night? Fuck out of here, man. (laughs) Got heavyweights clashing. I mean, the last dance has been pretty good holding us over. It has been. And it's provided way, I would say, too much content for sports. As somebody who works in sports media, that's all people are talking about. I mean, I work in gambling, so they're talking about over-unders a lot, but it's yeah. a lot of last dance on ESPN. I mean, I'm pumped about it. It's been pretty good. Uh, it's been good. It's been pretty crazy. To, I mean, some of this stuff, too, like, it's amazing. It's he still hates Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, it certainly lived up to the hype. I had no idea that the beef between those two was still so deep. I knew that Isaiah – still had beef about being left off the dream team. But I, I don't think that that was all Jordan. I think the way he explained it is the best. Yeah. I mean, no one will know ever, but. Well, shit, they know. Yeah, I mean, they know. But <laughs> no one outside of that will know. Yeah. Magic knows. That's, I find it hilarious that back when Magic was commentating or doing, you know, sports analysts, whatever he did. I remember when he used to work for TNT. And he was like one of the first players that made that transition. But it's funny that he was playing cards with Jordan every night before the finals. <laughs> well, that's like I read a story. Uh, apparently, like, during the finals the one year, Jordan took Barkley to, the, uh, to golf and, like, bought him a 20K earring. Yeah. And after that was like, I don't got to worry about him. Yeah. Yeah, he gets <laughs> inside your head. He'll get inside your head. I mean, it's stuff he did to Danny Ainge. Apparently, Danny Ainge was cool playing with him back when Ainge was playing for the Celtics, like he was cool playing golf with him before the finals because he knew that the team was better and Jordan ended up dropping 63, but yeah, end of the day, Celtics get the shit. My, my contention, I was talking with my host last Saturday, is that this documentary solidifies for me the fact that 90s was just a weak era in basketball, bro. Oh, I think the opposite. Yeah, this, this for me is solidifying the fact that the 90s were an all-around weak team era. I don't know. There were so many good, like, players that Jordan denied from winning a championship. We, we say that, and we say that. And I would agree when it comes to Charles Barkley, Carl Malone. 
John Stockton. But I mean, Patrick Ewing was straight, but who was his second best player on the on the Knicks? But to get there, you got to be good, though. No, I feel you one hundred percent. But even it's not like the idea, teams were good. No, the teams weren't good. That's my contention. I feel like the teams were better in the eighties. And Jordan was such a dominant player. And, yeah, we had a lot of good scattered players in the 90s, but Jordan had a dominant team. Like, he had a lot know. of all-stars. That, that Portland team was, was pretty good. That Phoenix team, I mean. Portland Barkley team had was. Clyde Drexler. I feel like you're right. Jordan was so great, he makes us look at Clyde Drexler differently. But I mean, I was, he said it in the doc. He, he said it like, oh, Magic was talking about this. And I had to go over there and be like, yeah, I'm going to fuck him up. <laughs> Bro, uh, what's even deeper about those numbers is he averaged 25 and 8 throughout those finals. I mean, him and Jordan had, you know, similar numbers throughout the regular season. It's just Jordan pumped it up to 40 and 8 yeah. during yeah. the finals. But outside of that, Clyde Drexler only averaged 19 points a game the next season. So he got in his head. Like, that was the next season, you know what I mean? Like, the season that that team was good is when they went to the finals. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying after that finals, Clyde Drexler fell off mentally. It's almost like – I forget who it is. The dude uh, – is it Chris Anderson? Who's buddy number 25 for the Magic that missed those two free throws in a row? 94 finals. And then they ended up losing to the uh, Houston Rockets and getting swept. I think it was Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson missed those two free throws in a row. And ever since then, his game completely fell off. And he admitted in that 30 for 30 about the magic that he's mentally it's like golf it's like a kicker gets the yips bro remember oh, it's like, while? i mean sometimes it happens to pitchers too like the dude who uh hit like a uh, player one time with the fastball in the back of the head and like fucked him up like he couldn't he like couldn't pitch anymore yeah so i mean i i think jordan got in a lot of dudes heads that way and i think that speaks a lot to the 90s bro a lot of those dudes are mentally weak like patrick ewing to me was mentally weak. And Charles Oakley said as much about right now. Like, the fact Patrick Ewing don't even stand up to his own owner. Like, none of the Knicks players who Charles Oakley played with, John Starks, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Ewing, none of those dudes. Anthony Mason, God rest his soul, ain't here to do it. But Charles Oakley is saying, like, those dudes were weak, and that's why they lost back in the 90s. Now, obviously, Oak and Jordan are good friends, but I'm just saying this is somebody who played with all these cats. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> I mean, well you, can't, well, you can't argue. Who was Charles Barkley's best player? Dan Marley? That's what I'm saying. Kevin Johnson, maybe? I mean, they still made it, though. That's the thing. Like, they, were the, they made it in the West. They, they're a championship team, right? Like, no, I feel you. I feel you. I'm just saying the caliber of teams that existed in that era, to me, just pale in comparison to what someone like LeBron has to go through in the 2000s. And I'm not even talking about the evolution of man and the ability of dudes to, like, motherfuckers not playing golf before the finals nowadays. They're not going to Atlantic City the night before. At least <laughs> not the elite players. You know what I'm saying? Like, dudes aren't doing that now. So... Nah, now they go to, Ro they go to Rose Bar. <laughs> I mean, that's your boy. Sucks to be a Wizards fan. Hey, we'll see what happens. Listen, I'm... I'm not begrudging anyone from the 90s that got beat by Jordan. Charles Barkley said it best. It's not a crime to get beat by Michael Jordan. Bro, you look at this this documentary, and it's just all the all the greats, just all of them, Magic, Bird, Barkley, Pippen, Rodman, all these greats saying, 
dude is godlike, the best player I've ever seen. Like this guy is just like, yo, <laughs> Larry Bird, God disguised as a basketball player, is it Black Moses, Black Jesus, Black Jesus. Yeah, every pronoun or what, uh, every adjective you can give to the dude, I get it. I'm not saying he's not the greatest of all time. I'm just saying, when I look at those games, it reminds me that, bro, he just wanted it more than a lot of those cats. He wanted it way more. Like a lot of them dudes, he even said it. When he first came in the league, dudes doing coke. Right. Dudes like not showing up to practice. You know what I mean? Like all he needed was a coach like Phil who could hone all that talent and that, you know, natural aggression and just want to. And, you know, Outside of that, the rest of the dudes just didn't want it as much. Charles Barkley said it best. He didn't want it as much. I mean, yeah. I mean, even I, even Eminem has a story. Like, when he made the deal for the collab, mm-hmm. he was on the phone with Jordan. And then at the end of the conversation, he was talking about, uh, yeah, when are we going to play basketball? Because I'm going to dunk on you. Like, as a joke. You know what I mean? And uh, he was like, Jordan just went quiet and didn't say anything. And the phone call ended and he was all worried that like the deal wasn't going to happen anymore for the collaboration. And he was like, it's because Jordan is so serious and like so competitive about basketball. Like he did not take it as a joke, like anything joking about basketball. He didn't take it as a joke. Hell no, Jordan, not joking about that. This is life, bro. This is real life. Yeah. Have you seen, um, speaking of elite athletes, have you seen Tyson training recently? Nah. Okay. Are we still going to get the rematch, you think, number three? Oh, Fury Wilder? Yeah. That's so off my radar. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll happen eventually. It'll have to. Did you see the football schedules that came out? I did not watch it yet. Can you hear that? Not really. All right, I just muted it. Oh, Mike Tyson training. I haven't seen him tra- uh, training, but I've seen some pictures of him. Yeah. Bro, he was hitting mitts. I mean, he's been slowly getting back into it little well, he bit went, by little bit. He said he wants to fight for charity. Yeah. Now, they said he wants to fight for charity, and I heard bare-knuckle boxing offered him $20 million flat fee to fight uh, uh, Cannon Briggs, Shannon the Cannon Briggs. Oh, I, I saw somebody offered a million for him to, to box somebody, but it was million. like normal normal boxing, yeah. Yeah, Evander Holyfield said he accepted a uh, – ooh, do you see that? We're watching Mike Tyson. Don't miss right now. <laughs> Rafael Cordero's home mitts, home mitts, and he said, yeah, I saw my life and my kids and my dog flash before my eyes. <laughs> same speed, same power as guys 21, 22 years old. I wouldn't want to fight him. Hell no, of course we wouldn't. No, I'm talking about anybody. If I'm anybody, I would not want to fight him. No, no. I mean, people talk about Mike Tyson being one of the greatest of all time. And to me, he's not that, but he's definitely one of the scariest. That's what I'm saying, bro. Look at his size at that age. Yeah, and he's getting back shredded. And he just shows (laughs) that muscle memory. I remember when he was on Rogan's podcast, he was saying, I'm scared. I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't want that guy to come back. Like he, he, did, he was talking about not working out and not hitting mitts. They, they showed a picture. I saw a picture online of him in September or October of last year and how he was out of shape, and then a picture of, like, last month. And I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. 
he looks exactly like build wise like he did in the late 2000s it's just now scarier because he's bald with the face tattoo and this grizzly fucking gray beard it's like oh my god yeah it's insane yeah it's like if your grandpa got jacked i mean he's somebody's grandpa he's a grandpa i mean his son fights professionally i think or at least he tried to for a little bit i don't know if he did or not but yeah uh speaking of fighting ufc this weekend we mentioned it briefly are you watching? Do you know who's fighting? No, I don't even know. Oh, man. Ever since the Khabib-Ferguson fight's not going to happen. Well, I can speak to you like a layman then. I mean, the Khabib-Ferguson fight definitely would have been the most exciting fight for all of fighting fans, but mostly I think the hardcores. Hardcores want to see that fight. We all understand Khabib's fighting style is boring, and if it goes to the ground, it's probably just going to be a straight-up scramble for the most part because Khabib don't want to stand with Tony. Nobody does. But Justin Gaethje does. Do you know who Justin Gaethje, a.k.a. the human highlight reel, is? hmm Do you know that he has six fights in the UFC and seven fight-win bonuses? How is that possible, you might ask? Because all this motherfucker does is knock people out. <laughs> hey, we'll see. He comes forward with reckless regard. This is one of the few fights... He's fighting like, who, Ferguson? Yes. He replaced Khabib Nurmagomedov in the main event. And Justin Gaethje is a dude who's on a six-fight win streak. Uh, he's an all-American-level wrestler. So if he wants to, he can take you down, but he never does. They're he's stripping the belt, right? They're stripping the belt? No, they're not stripping Khabib. Oh, uh, that's so... Uh... This is an interim belt. The more belts, the merrier, man. All it means is that there can be more championship fights. No, nah, see, because what's messed up is, let's just say... Ferguson loses this fight, then he's not going to fight Habib. And that's not right. It's the risky run. Because all because Habib is like, oh, I'm not coming to fight. Well, everyone knows what if happened. If Ferguson make, is choosing to fight, then it's on Habib to like be like, all right, fine. If not, then he's like, fine, I have to give up my belt. That's what I think is happening. Well, it's almost like an un authentic or an inauthentic what is it called like a uh, unsanctioned stripping like we all know what's happening the fact that there's an interim championship happening right now khabib is low-key being stripped it's just not official it's an unofficial stripping shit i can't think right now unofficial that's the word i was looking for so yeah he's unofficially being stripped of the title motherfucker sitting at russia watching this just like us he's a fan right now even though he might be training he said this was the best training camp he's ever had and he still cut weight nobody cares and when you're off the radar, you lose. Justin Gaethje's on the radar. If he knocks Tony Ferguson the fuck out and gets on the mic and says, Connor McNuggets, I want you. <laughs> and does some WWE level shit, like, it's over. And that becomes the biggest fight in UFC history. Or, or, if you're familiar with Fight Island, a.k.a. Richard Branson's secret hideaway, the owner of Virgin Mobile apparently is the dude who gave uh, Dana White the keys to one of his, you know, little Kumite style octagons off the coast of, I don't know, wherever the fuck. And that's where I think Jorge Masvidal might fight Conor McGregor. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. June or July. We got three fights in the next three weeks. I don't know if people realize. Like, there's championship fights over the next few weeks. My brother's telling me about it. He's like, yeah, there's a bunch of fights in the next, like, short amount of time. It's stacked. Everything's loaded. 
everything's loaded. Meanwhile, all my hosts on Sirius XM want to talk about is, you know, prospects in Major League Baseball and designated hitters in the NL and the potential universal DH. I'm learning terms in baseball I never thought I would or should know. <laughs> I'm just ready to start studying my fantasy football shit. Yeah, man. It was an interesting draft. I'm ready to start betting, you know. Yeah. Who do you think is going to be, like, the best rookie? Oh, that's tough. I don't know. Um, as in quarterback-wise or just in general? Well, let's say fantasy football. For fantasy football purposes, who's going to be the best rookie taken? Uh, no idea. Tua, maybe? What? In fantasy football? Tua? The best, ru- the best rookie he's going to start. You think he's going to start immediately? You Over think, Fitzpatrick? You- yes. So you take Tua as your fantasy quarterback rookie over Joe Burrow. Dude, since he has a rough division, bro, and a rough schedule, Tua runs, too. That's the thing. Joe runs, and that offense is stacked. He's got receivers all over the field, especially if AJ comes back healthy, and he's got a healthy Joe Mixon. Bro, Miami's not bad, dude. Like, that's – I don't – Listen, I have all the faith in the world in Miami. I want him to start with Fitzpatrick, though. My boy, shit, Clark, I'm going to his wedding as a groomsman in July. He coaches for the Miami Dolphins now as a linebacker's coach. I want them to win 10 games, 16 games. I want hey, them to well, win it all. That division's wide open. I mean, Buffalo is probably Buffalo's for the taking right now, but the division's wide open now that Bray's gone. Yeah, Josh Allen ain't shit. We don't know. He could end up like Trubisky this year and fall right on off. So, yeah, you're right. It's up for the taking, especially if Tua has a rookie of the year type year. But I just don't project him to be the number one rookie. If you if you were going to ask me, I would pick uh, uh, probably Cam Akers. And that's my Florida State homerism a little bit. That's uh, the running back that was taken for uh, the Los Angeles Rams. But I think he's just going to get a bunch of touches because they don't have – a number one back. True. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Is he going to be him? Go ahead. I was going to say, I like Jerry Judy's situation. Is he healthy? Because I know the reason he fell is because people were worried about him. I don't, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, like, he'll, he'll start in Denver pretty quick, I'm assuming. Yeah, if he's healthy. Uh, they were saying something about his ACL, and that's the whole reason he fell at all, because he should have been the number one receiver taken. I mean, the fact Henry Ruggs went number well, one I mean, a little bit. Well, you know, Oakland loves that speed. They did. They pulled a typical Oakland, which is interesting because it's a whole new organization. But Ruggs is nice, though. I mean, it's not like he's not. I think Jerry Judy is, the, is out of the three, though, the best one. But CeeDee Lamb to the Cowboys is probably pretty good, too. Yeah, I like CeeDee Lamb over Henry Ruggs, to be honest. I think Henry Ruggs really benefited from uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, Henry Ruggs is going to be really good, but he reminds me of, like, one of them gadget players that really – you know, like Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin was raw. Yeah. He was rookie of the year. But, like, you know what I mean? He's not even in the league right now, and he should be. Uh, he came out – he's coming out of retirement. I read. I Is don't know he? if it's true or not, but that's what I read. Yeah, but when you got 20-year-old versions of him, essentially now, like, why, why take the risk and have to pay him the veteran minimum? But, right. anyway, uh, I, I wish him all the success in the world. Uh I, I heard Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going first round in some drafts, which is crazy to me because. Yeah, I don't know about that. Bro, it's not even guaranteed he's going to start. Not Maybe even in like rookie drafts. I don't know if I would take him first round in a regular draft. 
Yeah, he's going first round of some regular drafts. I mean, maybe like a dynasty league or something. But, yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, maybe next year. I think he's just one of those typical dudes who everybody just assumes is going to step in and just – I mean, he was really good for LSU, but – Yeah, I mean, I like uh, – not this year. I think he'll get touches this year. But in the long run, I think Dobbins is a great pick. Oh, yeah. I forgot your Ravens fan. The Ravens had a great draft. Hell, yeah. I think they had the best draft. Yeah, they definitely had the best draft in the division. I completely whiffed on the fact that Steelers didn't have a first-round pick, and then I remembered, damn, Minka was worth it, though. Yeah. Minka was definitely worth it. Might replace Troy Palomalo. He balled out when he got there, changed things on that defense. Yeah, he did. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Uh, We'll see the long-term ramifications of that decision, though. Kevin Colbert's always been a good GM, though. And we got another receiver, Chase Claypool, another big body. See if we can make it work. I heard we might trade Juju. Yeah, I saw that they're not going to likely to resign him. We're so good at that, dog. And, like, if I was an NFL player, I'd be so mad if I got drafted to the Steelers. Because, yeah, it's a great organization. And, yeah, you could go down as a legend. But at the end of the day, they know how to underpay your ass. <laughs> They I think no, nah, they paid some players, but most more than likely, it's not you're not going to be it. You're not going. I mean, you're going to get rich playing for any NFL team, but you're not going to be like signing any. You're not going to be setting any records. It was like Big Ben got paid and Antonio Brown, and that's it. Yeah, you're never going to be that dude that they like. Oh, he's the highest paid player in the league. No, not no. Maybe for like a day, and then you'll set the market, and everybody will surpass you. <laughs> right. And, I mean, I don't blame them, dog. These NFL running backs, dime a dozen. I mean – Well, now they're coming, like, like pretty uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? They're more not rare. They're, like, frequent. Well, yeah. I mean, and when you think about how it ebbs and flows, what was it, like, two or three years ago? What, Saquon Barkley went number one overall – to the Giants. Well, he didn't go number one overall, but he was the first running back taken, and he was, like, top five. He was a top five pick. Yeah, well, Elliott was, like, the year before him or two years before him. And he was with Todd Gurley and all of them and Melvin Gordon, and all those dudes went the first round. Can you imagine Melvin Gordon going 13th overall now or whatever the fuck he went? Like this year was weird for running backs, but last year running backs went early. uh, Where did McCaffrey go? McCaffrey should have been the number one overall pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really want to look at true value for a running back. And he well, went, that year Fournette came out, and they, he went pretty high. He went higher than McCaffrey. But that's what was I'm saying. Because like, Fournette was, like, the number one at the time. I just think running backs is such a volatile market. It's like every year is different. This year was a great year for running backs as far as talent goes. Like you said, J.K. Dobbins is a really good running back. <laughs> Why the fuck did he last till wherever he last? He didn't go to the second or third round, did he? Second. He was like 55th overall. Yeah. So, Le'Veon Bell went in, went in the second round the year he came out to the I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers. And he some, was backs, some backs, though, like, you know, Aaron Foster wasn't even drafted. And Exactly. But, exactly. yeah, I don't know. It'll I be mean, interesting. It's, it's interesting. And if you want to rewind all the way back to, like, 2005 when dudes like Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams both went in the first round from the same team, it's like it's just – They went from this thing, like, where you had, like, this bell cow back to teams having, like, two, three bags, and now it's coming back to, like, the bell cow almost. 
Exactly. It's like it's going, but this year, it's like they drafted for the two-back formula because there were no bell cows taken. Jonathan Taylor might be a bell cow, but he didn't he go could first be a bell round. cow. Uh, yeah, well, he should have went first round. but He definitely should have, but he can't catch. And Swift, Swift might be uh, like a bell cow. That's what I'm saying. DeAndre Swift was great for Georgia, and he lasted till when he lasted two for the Lions. So it's just it, – it was a weird draft. It was a weird draft for running backs. It's one of those positions where, like, if I had a son who was raw at a sport, the last position he's playing in football was running back. Well, they had the shortest careers, too. The shortest careers, the least amount of guaranteed money. Think of somebody like Maurice Jones-Drew, who won't go to the Hall of Fame. But for, like, a short stretch in the NFL there, you might argue he was, like, one of the three or four best players in the league. Most productive, most important to his team. But unless I mean, he was balling, but uh, – Yeah, I don't know. I mean, backs, they average, like, three years, and they don't get paid right. So, I'm, I don't know. Nah, it, they don't. It's, it's just interesting. That market is super volatile. Shit, quarterbacks is always going to be up. I yeah. think about where Justin Herbert went. He went sixth overall when that dude is going to get a cup of coffee in the NFL as a starter. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have went that high. I'm mad at the Chargers for doing that. Uh, they do what the Chargers do. It's just wild how – I think it's a real thing where in the league – I've never worked in an NFL front office at the executive level, but I imagine the owners don't pay very close attention unless they're a specific type of ownership group. So if you don't take the quarterback – and the quarterback ends up being good, then you will get fired. But it's like, bro, how was I supposed to know to take Justin Herbert sorry ass? I don't think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be good either. I think the bigger risk is getting fired for taking him and him not being good. Ooh, I think – Bless you. Thank you. I don't know. I think Jordan Love is going to be pretty good. What makes you say that? Just because Todd McShay said it? I never watched the game at Utah. No, I've seen his highlights this year. He's pretty, pretty solid. But uh, Everybody look good in highlights, Jake. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know shit about Jordan Love, so don't say that just because the Packers took him. But now he's going to sit behind Rodgers for, like, two years. Rodgers has gone full circle and becoming Brett Favre. That's <laughs> so true. He has done the full Favre formula. And he's going to be he's gonna be worse than Favre as far as, like, his retirement and, like, being kind of – Maybe I don't he think he, he. I don't think he finishes in Green Bay. He definitely won't finish in Green Bay. It's going to be a contentious ending. That's what I'm he's saying. all pissy now. That's that's my point. He's going to be worse about at least Favre. They treated him with so much love and respect on the way out. They gave him four years to make a decision. <laughs> and, and yeah, they drafted Aaron Rodgers, but it was Aaron fucking Rodgers. They kind of had to. Aaron Rodgers. They've shown no love. Not only have they not drafted a receiver since like fucking Javon. Javon, uh, what's the dude? Javon Walker. They haven't drafted a receiver in the first round since Javon Walker, Jake. That was like 2003. Um, what, what about my man Adams? What round did he, he get drafted in? He was not a first in? round receiver. What round did he get drafted in? I have no clue, Jake, but I, I saw a statistic on ESPN somewhere where, that said the Green Bay Packers have not drafted a receiver in the first round since Javon Walker. So the idea that I know that <laughs> and the Packers know that and this was one of the best receiver drafts in the last 10 years, and they took a quarterback. It was their way of saying, you to Aaron Rodgers. That's crazy to me, bro. Why They're not saying just... we run the show, not you, bro. Why not just rebuild, bro? That's so crazy to me because, yeah, at the end of the day, Devontae Adams is a good receiver, but you're going to tell me. 
A-Rod don't want Jerry Judy. Oh. Oh. Bro, I hate uh, the fact that my man Hopkins got traded too. Like, Bill O'Brien is a clown. I'm very happy for DeAndre. I'm happy for him. But, like, I'm mad because him and Watson were pretty good together. Oh, yeah. I feel sorry for Deshaun. He's going to get beat up there. And he's not going to finish his career in Houston if he finishes his career, like, the way he should. You know what I mean? Like, he's got all them injuries. We see what yeah. happened to Cam. And he's smaller and frailer than Cam. Yeah. And it, it just sucks, man. Deshaun Watson is getting caught up in the wave of really, really dynamic, all-time great quarterbacks like the Mahomes, the Lamar Jacksons. Uh, uh, who else is coming along? Just those two alone. Just, just kind of, you know what I'm saying? They overshadow anything Deshaun Watson ever going to do. Yeah. I Russell mean, Wilson. They still count Deshaun as pretty, pretty good, if not great. I mean, yeah. he makes shit happen with, like, the wor- one of the worst O-lines in football. He does. He gets a little happy feet for me, though. He does. I mean, he, he – yeah. I mean, and behind, behind Hopkins, it was – I mean, Will Fuller is pretty good when he's healthy. But, like, other than that, who have they had? Yeah, no. They haven't had much. They haven't had much. And Bill O'Brien is a hemorrhage. Yeah, he is, he's – He is hemorrhaging success. He's, he's retarding growth for the Houston Texans. I'm not calling him a retard, but he's no, no, I know what you. Yeah, I know what you mean. He's slowing things down. That motherfucker needs to get gone. How many? How many offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, people affiliated with Tom Brady have gone on to have success after Tom Brady? I'm a, I'm a count zero. Charlie Weiss, Josh McDaniels. Those are the only two I can think of right now. Brian McDaniels. McDaniels. McDaniels went right back to Tommy. Yeah, I'm just saying, though, you could say, like, he went, was a head coach, which wasn't great, but they didn't give him the time of day, really. Bro, he fucked up. And then he did, and then uh, went back, and he's, I mean, he's successful back in New England, so. Yeah, but he fucked up, and he took Tim Tebow in the first round. When you do that, <laughs> and you lose, I think it was like six games in a row. Hey, and they won the playoffs. You look like you do in the face. They won the playoffs. <laughs> Was that was Josh McDaniels the coach when they won that playoff game? I don't think he was the coach when they beat the Steelers. Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. I think it was John Fox by that time, and he that's how he got the job. I think. I don't remember 100%, though. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. That was a long time ago. All I know is Tim Tebow should have never been a quarterback in the NFL. And Josh McDaniels, this dude is going to get a head coaching job again somewhere, and he's going to shit the bed again. And that'll be 0-4 for – the disciples <laughs> of <laughs> Brady. Well, I think most of I think most Bill Belichick disciples like don't do much. I mean, I mean Flores like what didn't get fired and had a better year with the Dolphins. I'm rooting for him. Keep my like, fingers crossed on Flores. But like Patricia isn't shit with the with the Lions, and I don't count Vrabel because he never coached under Belichick. He never coached under Belichick, but you might as well count Vrabel because who else did he coach under? So if he's not a Belichick disciple, he was a defensive. He? Wasn't he a defensive coach in Houston? Mm, yeah. So you're gonna say he's a Bill O'Brien disciple, which would <laughs> then put him under, I guess, Belichick. Exactly. So yeah, no, and I wouldn't say he's a Bill O'Brien disciple. I would say they both learned under 
Belichick's. I mean, shit, Vrabel's probably older than Bill O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know though, but he's he's the only he's the only one who's done anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. and and we'll see how that lasts, bro. I mean, shit, I don't know. Is is coaching in the NFL is one of the few professions in sports where it's like, yeah, the coach definitely adds wins and definitely matters. Like you can definitely tell a team when it's run by a good coach versus a shitty coach. Yes. Yes. Whereas in the NBA, it's harder to tell. It's more nuanced. Like Michael Jordan was coached by bad coaches for the better part of his career. But you couldn't tell because he was such a perfect basketball player that it really didn't matter. Uh, how's the crib, man? You like the new spot? Yeah, it's great. Um, I still don't have all the furniture I need. I'm probably just going to end up getting some bean bags in this bitch. I got like a couple tables, a couple chairs, and uh, I need to get a TV still. But, you know, I'm working so much, I haven't really needed to. So mostly it's just like a shipping warehouse at this point with my damn boxes and everything I got with the cookie business. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. You got both the mics and shit? Yeah, both the mics are here. Uh, they're both here in the closet. I just need to get a new adapter set up. And, uh, I'm get, gonna get a little a mixer. mixer. I was going to say get a little mixer or something. Yeah, I'm going to get a mixer. I mean, they're like – They're not expe- – you can get like a decent one for fairly cheap. Yeah, you can get a decent one for fairly cheap, but there are some that you can save up for and get something that basically you record the whole podcast and I won't even need my laptop. You won't even need an adapter. You just plug your mic right in like it's a whole setup, like you carry it with you. So yeah. I've seen some of those on sale for people that have them, and people that podcast, and people that bought them but didn't end up using them. Right. Just like one of them damn uh, drones. It's like people sell those drones online. Yeah. So. Dude, I'm blown. Uh, I went to play – I was having like a rough day or a couple of days and I went to get on GTA, play some GTA, you know, mm-hmm. got ready for the rampage and everything. Oh, keep in mind, my one controller stopped working. So I had to use the second controller, <laughs> my B controller, but I go to get this shit ready. I found a crowd of people, pull out the fucking machine gun, ready to just go ham. You know what I mean? Just get some five stars, try and get five stars. Right trigger R2 doesn't work. <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Couldn't even play, dude. I got to get a new controller and everything. That's hilarious. I thought you were about to say they were socially distant on the game. No, no. Fuck, no. (laughs) I just went to just go to town. But nope. Controller was not trying to have that. Well, that's just a sign you shouldn't be rage killing on video games to get out your angst. It wasn't really for that. It was just I just wanted to play GTA, too. But, like, I've been going on long-ass walks. There's a trail over by my house. Found this little spot by some water. Let me chafing at. Bro, motherfuckers are out here getting tickets for bike rides. I saw a dude going on a jog yesterday, and he had a mask on. I want to slap him in the face when he walked by. I don't wear a mask on my walk. Wear one in the stores like I'm supposed to, but not on a walk. Exactly. There's no established science that says you need to be, unless you walking with your mouth wide open and plan on breathing in the motherfucker's natural space. I just don't understand it. People, it's the sheeple mentality that's got me really, really scared for the well-being of the of the planet, bro. Like yeah. I'm okay with getting tracked. People are okay with all this stuff. Yeah, I'm not about that. Yeah, man, it's real scary. It's real, real scary. And then if you have a conversation with somebody who's like, well, it's for the greater good. I'm like, who's greater good? I mean, 
yeah, I understand shutting down the country. I get it. And I was for it. And I'm still in agreement with the overall stance. But the idea that now they want to put a tracking device in me, oh, Lord. Or have me in my phone and I always got to carry my phone or who knows what the fuck, man. Yeah, I'm not about it. Yeah, man. I, I, and I read, I had to confirm it before I got on wax and started recording shit about it. But it's a fact that Medicare is paying out more for COVID related deaths than uh, non COVID related deaths. Like it's a hundred percent established fact. Oh, I mean, they revised the death count and it's lower than what they said. They've had to adjust the death count or they've had to adjust the, um, the, uh, what is it? The ratio of cases to deaths of what they initially thought it was going to be. It's literally 10 to 50 times less impactful than they thought it was going to be. And well, on top I'm saying, of that, I'm saying like the deaths that they had on record, they lowered the amount. Oh, because they had to, t- they associated them with heart disease and cancer and shit like they're supposed to be. Uh, something like that. Yeah, man, because Medicare was paying out. I think it's something like, I don't want to misquote it, but they're paying out more for COVID deaths. And if you're a hospital administrator, then it benefits you. And I'm not saying if you're a doctor. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, you have symptoms, but we don't know for sure. Yeah, we're just going to attribute it to that. Elon Musk said, if you get bit by a shark and you have COVID, they'll say you died from COVID. (laughs) Elon Musk tripping, bro. Did you hear his uh, earnings call where he's like, unlock the country? I don't understand what they're doing. It's, it's, It's ridiculous. You saw what he named his kid? It's like Ash. In- I don't know how it's. I don't know how it's said, but it's like a something e like put together x twelve something. I, like I don't even know. He explained it on Rogan's podcast. The first part of it is Ash, and then he was saying the the last part is named after his favorite fighter jet. Some x twelve bullshit. It's it's pretty much code. Yeah, it's code for fuck off. We're rich. <laughs> like, I can't believe his kid's gonna have to go through life with that shit. His kid's gonna have to go through life with that dude as a dad. He can't formulate a thought without thinking for the first forty-five seconds. <laughs> like he literally has to think about every single syllable. I mean, you know, maybe I don't know. I, I think it's know. a better way to be. Think before you speak, but yeah, <laughs> there's levels. And that dude's on level nineteen. I don't know. Yeah, that's some I don't know weird weird stuff going on there. Yeah, but he was he was just freaking out, talking about unlocking the country and saying how this is unconstitutional. And once you start going the constitutional route, the gun toters come out, and then you got all the Karens protesting, and, oof, and that's when laws start to change. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think we're the only fucking country that protested this shit. Like, look at the idiots who are doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no well, other country did this. <laughs> it's like you guys are fucking stupid. Well, other countries tried. I mean, India was just getting their ass beat every time they stepped out. And do dirt. No, no, no I'm not saying no other country did the lockdown. I'm saying no other country protested the lockdown. No, I'm saying the other citizens tried to. What do you mean? I mean, people were out in India. Didn't you see videos of them getting their ass beat? And Duterte said, we will kill you. Well, that's the Philippines. But I'm not saying not go out. I'm saying, like, gain and massive things to go to state houses and rallies and shit. It's like, you guys are fucking clowns. 
That's because we have the right to here, bro. Like in Italy, that dude said, if you have a house party, we're going to come over there with flamethrowers. <laughs> like, <laughs> flamethrowers, though. Like, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Bro, what, he just bought a bunch of Elon Musk flamethrowers? I don't fucking know, bro. I think they have them, like, on stock from World War II or some shit. They just still have flamethrowers. 1930s flamethrower and shit. So you start burning yourself up. Bruh, I wouldn't be surprised if his old ass had a flamethrower. Just like uh, it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I need to see that movie again. Yeah, it's a classic. That's the best part about this quarantine, too, is watching old movies. I watched Fargo yesterday. Mm. Shit is so good. Have you seen the show? I'm going to start watching it now. I've never I, seen the show, and that's why I watched the movie. I watched the show uh, all three seasons. They're pretty good. Yeah, I don't like how it starts just like the movie with the, oh, this is a true story, because it's not a true story. So like no, they try to draw you not. in with that bullshit. And I hate when they draw you in with that bullshit because they get me to identify with characters that aren't real, and I think they're real, and then I get mad. Well, I mean, that's the kind of the, the type of way they tell the story is like similar to like a true story style. Yeah. And it kind of just to kind of show like that life is absurd and that this kind of shit happens with anyone really. Yeah. I really like that true crime type genre where the characters are multidimensional and they're not like these cartoonish, you know, uh, representatives of what a bad guy is like motherfuckers. Some bad guys are complex. Like Tony Soprano was a bad guy. Bro. When this man put him in the wood chipper. <laughs> yeah. That movie, that movie's crazy, bro. I had never seen it. It's such dry humor, though. You you gotta really appreciate it. I I was bust out laughing, dying. It, I love the accents too. Yeah. Oh, that's your friend, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, 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 say, say. Do you do you know? Uh, do you know somewhere I can get some good dinner here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first season is, I think, is clearly the best out of the three. Yeah, that's uh, not just. I watched five minutes of the first episode last night and I fell asleep. Oh, yeah. I've been watching so much TV. Well, like, I've been keeping a list of the shit I was watching. But I watched that. I'm trying to think. Before that, I caught up on Better Call Saul. I still haven't seen the new season, but I'm up on all the seasons that are online. Oh, okay. So I won't spoil anything for you. The sixth season is really good. Or fifth season, whatever they just had. Fifth. Yeah, fifth season is really good. It's slow, just like all the rest of them. It's really good. Uh, I like how it's tying like everything together, not just this show, but like the other shows too. Yes, and I like how they're giving a real backstory to uh, Mike. Mm-hmm. Mike is like a whole other character in this show. Right, it's like the two stories, like the Poyos Hermanos Mike story and. Saul's story and they're coming together and then I'm sure I don't know if Walter White or Jesse play into this season or not but Mm, I need more on Gus I need more on Gus like there's not enough Gus give me more cowbell well we get we get it in a mix from Saul better call Saul and Breaking Bad because if you remember like season four like was about was really about Gus it was, but they don't go to his Chilean roots. We never know, like, how he became a big shot. Oh, no. well, we kind of know, like, we don't know how he got in with the mafia or the cartel, but we know that he was with the cartel 
reigning back all the way for a long time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, is his family connected in South America or something? Because he's an untouchable to the Mexican cartel. We know that much. You know, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds and Breaking Bad, but that shit, I mean, yeah. Better Call Saul is really good. It's one of the few spinoffs. Like, I don't, I can't even think of another spinoff that, like, I watch. Well, I've heard, you know, some people say that it's uh, just as good, if not better, than Breaking Bad. I don't know if I agree with that, but... I definitely wouldn't go that far. People like to speak in... Uh, uh, they like to speak in... Uh, what's the word? I forget. I'm high. I don't know. <laughs> People like to speak in, uh, in absolutes. That's not the word I was looking for, but it doesn't matter. Bro, have you heard of uh, Jim Can't Swim on YouTube? Nah. Do you like 48 hours and like true crime type stuff? Sometimes. This dude breaks down interrogation videos and it's more in depth than that, but he basically goes through like all the different triggers and ways that the cops catch them. It's like 48 hours on steroids. It's, it's pretty dope. It's, um, it's informative. True. Yeah. No, I haven't really watched true crime stuff. Uh, in a while, I probably couldn't even tell you the last thing I watched, other than like American Vandal, which is just a satire. <laughs> oh, you well, yeah, that's hilarious. Did you watch Ozark? No, I haven't watched it. Oh shit! I mean, I guess Fargo, but it's not real. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, um, it's just fire. You would like it. Ozark is just like Breaking Bad. Yeah, what I've been watching. Let's see what I watched lately. So I watched Tiger King. Better Call Saul, seasons two through four. Walking Dead, the second half of season 10. Uh, Fargo, all three seasons. The new season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And then I just watched some trash television and watched uh, Too Hot to Handle. Jesus, that all sounds terrible. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is actually surprisingly pretty funny. Yeah, I enjoy it. And then uh, Fargo is great. Walking Dead, I actually really enjoyed this, this <laughs> second half of the season. Is actually like the best Walking Dead's know. been in a long time. I don't need to know any of it. All I know is that fucking Carl's dead, and they were talking about Tuck. killing. I mean, didn't they bring back what's his face, the dude that killed Glenn? That's what my homegirl told me. Well, they, they don't kill. I mean, but that's because they don't kill him in the books. Negan, that's what I'm saying. They yeah, don't kill Negan. him in the. They don't kill him in the book. Yeah, but they brought him back and let him be like a leader now. Now he's no, a no, 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 no. He's they followed his story pretty good. It, in the book so um they're having a war right now the whisperer war like the people are fucking like real weird they wear the the dead skin yeah, they walk with them yeah, alpha yeah. is the leader she's a bald lady they let someone let negan go so he could fake join them and then kill her and that's what he did so he killed the leader of the group that's like terrorizing them right now and hoping that that will bring him back into good like decent graces with the group that he was being held as a prisoner yeah, fuck that noise. I'm over Walking Dead since season three. And the idea that they're except I mean, I guess well they're no, following the, the book. I don't know. I never well, read no, the book. season Walking Dead started getting kind of bad when Negan got introduced, which is like late season five, if not season six. And then I start I enjoyed the second half of this season. Um, not so much the first half, but the second half was pretty good actually. So. Yeah. Everyone's got their preference. And then, uh, but and then Tiger King, you know, it was wild. But 
all I learned from that show is that a tiger costs like 2K. Tiger Cub costs like 2K. I'm trying to get one. Yeah. All I learned is that uh, Bhagavan is the white R. Kelly. <laughs> that man, the cult leader. Yeah. It's wild. He's, he's the only one that didn't get shit from the documentary. Well, they raided. They raided him. Did they? It said it in the at the end of the documentary that he got raided in December. Good, because I think he's one of the biggest piece of shits in the whole documentary that kind of got overlooked. He's definitely euthanizing tigers. Yeah, that and, like, the shit he was leading with the cult is, like, weird. It's weird. It's one of those things that a lot of dudes would do if they had that type of power, though, but it's definitely weird. Yeah. At least at least he's not luring, you know, dudes in there and fucking <laughs> their wives and their daughters and shit. And then let's see, movie <laughs> movies wise, uh what have I watched recently? I watched um Ready or Not, which was surprisingly really good. Ready or not, I haven't seen that. That's like the horror movie where the girl gets married and then on like the, their wedding night, like they have to play a game. Uh-huh the family and it chooses to be hide and seek and it's like this like ritual and she they're trying killer oh oh yeah like most dangerous game style that movie was the movie was good um detective pikachu which was was okay uh cabin in the woods detective pikachu had ryan reynolds right that, that's like the only saving grace yeah he was the pikachu it. perks of being a wallflower which is all right and then, i've seen uh, that did you watch Coffee and Kareem? I did not. I had enough Ed Helms because I had just finished binging The Office again. Like, oh, dude, I was dying at. Uh, there's like a couple scenes in there where I just laugh my ass off so goddamn hard. It's so it was so a funny weird. movie. There's yeah. Oh, I right. I found it funny. Like shit. I there's one scene I just couldn't like. I want to tell you the scene, but I don't want to ruin it if you're gonna watch it. No, no, I'm gonna watch it. I'll watch it. I would definitely check it out. That's one of them things you could watch with a chick, like a cute movie. It was it was pretty funny. There were parts that I was just geeking out. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I have to check that out. Well, I'm pumped for UFC this weekend. I didn't really do a breakdown, but I will in the morning. I'll probably post that along with this. Yeah. I mean, I got I got work tomorrow night and Sunday night, so that's uh. I'll probably have to watch. The last dance at work on Sunday, or either just wait until Monday to watch it. Yeah, if you have a VPN, you can just put yourself in Germany or in Europe somewhere and just fucking watch it on Netflix. Yeah, every episode. Well, I'll, I'm in microwave at work, so I can just turn it on and put it on one of the side channels and then just watch it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's nice too. Because I didn't, I didn't know that. Apparently, you can VPN to a Netflix in another country and watch every episode. Yeah, and they have like other shows too. A lot of people do it because, um, like, some shows are available in different parts of the world than no. they are here. I had no clue. Are you checking yourself out in the camera? I was looking because, like, from here down looks like a different color than up here. Yep, it's called age. Gotta exfoliate, bruh. Wash your face. I do, man. Wash your ass. <laughs> I wash my whole <laughs> body, all right? Yeah. No, but I'm about to uh, go ahead and get off. Appreciate you taking your time with me. All right, dog. 
All right, man. Be safe. Stay healthy. I'll hit Thanks. you up. Yeah, I'll see you. All right.